Merry Christmas, everyone. My friends, you should be happy you didn't come to the 4 p.m. Mass. There was no room in the inn. People were standing outside. It was wonderful, but I was overcome with emotion because for me, I've been waiting two years for the church to be filled again. Uh, and we gave glory to God for this. Uh, uh, but it, uh, it was very cold. But everyone, uh, we worked it all out. And uh, my friends, uh, on that note, uh, on this evening, I wish all of you, especially, um, especially my dearest parishioners who have been standing with their pastor these two years during the pandemic, who have been coming here, our doors never locked. We remained open to give God glory and to pray and to be together and to be a community and family. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for staying with us, with Mother Church. And to those who are visiting, we love you and welcome to our community and welcome to this uh, city of Gig Harbor. And uh, my friends, um, and to those who have been distanced, for whatever the reason, uh, we welcome you and we love you. More importantly, God does. Huh? But uh, my friends... Um, we are all God's family, and he is delighted, as I am the pastor here, that all of us are once again gathering and coming together as community, um, as people of faith, um, to worship in his house. We all belong here, and uh, um, it's a great joy for, uh, for us. My friends, um, I had joked uh, with the 4 p.m. Mass and the folks at 7 that in our training for priesthood, uh, they train us that at uh, Christmas, go easy. Go easy on the people. And they said, think milk, not meat. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, well, what does that mean? Uh, so they certainly got milk at 4 p.m. And then a little bit more cream of wheat stuff on 7. But you, you are ready for meat. So my friends... Um, our theme uh, for the environment of our church, how we, if you will, for lack of better, as we beautify and make it uh, decorated, uh, was that of light. And so we have more than 30 candles burning uh, brightly, uh, candles in the window, uh, if you will, uh, to light the way for folks to find their way back home to us. And um, this is a night full of light. And uh, my friends, if you don't know it, for... Uh, the Christmas event for our Christmas, there are 12 total readings uh, for uh, the preacher to pick from. And there are some that are signed for each of the masses, but um, so uh, plenty for us to talk about and preach upon. But this night full of light, the light foretold by Isaiah the prophet, the reading we selected for this mass um, spoke about a time of peace and a time when God would be present uh, in the other readings, Isaiah speaks about the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who dwelt in the land of gloom, light has shone. This light is also spoken of in the gospel. Now there were shepherds in that region keeping the night watch over their flock. Remember what we heard. And the glory of the Lord had shone all around them in this same light is manifested to us also. God fills this holy night with light for us. This light is not 
cold and impersonal as the world would like you to believe about God. He's not impersonal and he's not far. As Isaiah said, he's in our midst. The light is gentle and it penetrates us if we allow it to our hearts and will fill us with joy. As the angels proclaimed in our gospel, do not be afraid. The angel says to the shepherds, for behold, and the angel says, I proclaim to you good news of great joy for all people. Why does the light of Christmas bring joy? I would suspect someone might ask. We are told that a child is born unto us, a son is given to the world. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ, who is Lord. St. Paul said, when the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared, he's talking about Jesus. St. Paul would go on to say uh, to Titus, and he came to save us. This is the light that shines in our darkness. This is the profound meaning of Christmas. My friends, I've been telling all the masses uh, about the Christmas event. Why would God come? Why would he send his son? Well, the easy word is simply love. And I went on to tell folks that God uh, was not so much angered with us or disappointed with humanity as he was brokenhearted by humanity's decisions to stay far from him. And one would think, what would God do because of our decisions? And uh, God, gratuitous love is sent. It is revealed in a more, most tangible way in the incarnation of Jesus, of Nazareth. And this love brings us light and joy. Our world can be, especially of late, so hard, so violent, so cold and impersonal. Disturbed by so much senseless crime and selfishness, and our world has become obsessed with many abnormal things. So the normal thing would be for God to reveal himself to us you would think in a stern, judge-like way to come to inflict deserved punishment on his people. But he didn't. He didn't give us what we deserved. He gave us what we needed. Love. He manifests his gratuitous gratuitous love by sending his only begotten one, his son, who has presented himself to us in a meek, mild, and harmless way. He came into our world as a baby. And we all know about babies. They need help. Babies. Father will never have one. It's not permitted in the church. But I hear and I watch and the babies are always like, help, 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 help. <laughs> My friends, the presence of the Son of God in our midst 
reveal to us above all that we have been loved by God without having merited it at all. It is gift. You do not earn God's love. He gives it freely. It is a gift. This is the fundamental revelation at Christmas that we must not only come to understand, but we must accept with joy, just like little children at Christmas time, standing in front of the Christmas tree. The same motion. They are filled with joy and hope. Now, the hope they have is something different. I hope that that's a PS4. <laughs> we hope for a new life, a new start, a new beginning, one filled with peace and joy and laughter and love and all things. We are loved just as we are, notwithstanding our weakness and sadness. To the contrary, we are loved precisely because of these things. God, in fact, loves us in order to save us. So many in our world, especially Christians, all of us, think that we must first have to become good and holy before God will love us. But it is the opposite. We first need to be loved by God before we can ever be holy. God offers each person this gratuitous and generous love that saves and transforms us from within. And this is another reason why um, some Christians, they get it wrong. And then they become discouraged. Because when Jesus came, he came to transform first the heart and the mind and the soul of, the, of humans, working from the in outward. Friends, to think the other way, that way of thinking puts us at a dead-end path and will always lead to discouragement and disappointment. But the gratuitous love of God fills each who will accept it with light and with joy and eternal life. He didn't promise this world would be perfect, not yet. But he did promise eternal life for us. He gives us the courage then to move forward and to assume the right attitude in our relation towards God, absolutely, but in our relations with others. And sometimes I think Christians forget about this. It's not just this way, but this way. Also, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love others. So important to God is how we treat each other. Jesus said it over and over again in, in many different ways so that we would come to understand it. Whatever you did for one of these least brethren of mine, you did for me, Matthew 25, 40. St. John, the beloved, explains it this way. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes, the operative word believes, it means you will live your life according to that belief, 
not just while I think about it. You live it. So that anyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. Please listen to the the rest of this quote from St. John. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John 3, 16. I know you sports people know what that is, right? Because they hold up signs at all the sports games. John 3, 16. My friends, I bid all of you walk in the light of Christmas. Let it envelop you. God loves you. Whatever circumstances one finds himself in, be assured that you are loved by God. My friends, in the end, it is up to you to accept or reject his gift of love. But it is a gift. It is your decision. Choose wisely. In his church, there is a benediction and a grace. In commemoration of his incarnation, as we say it in theology speak, in commemoration of his birthday, his birth, we have lit the candles not only around his altar, but we have lit the candles of fellowship and hope, knowing that our experiences of unity and human relationships are more compelling than the ideologies and the concepts and the fears and the prejudices that can and have divided so many peoples, even our country, our communities, and even our church of late. But my friends, these tiny flames must burn in our hearts all year long. My friends, um, I pray that you will reflect on the true meaning of Christmas, the incarnation, which represents one of the most beautiful aspects of the Christian faith. I pray you will fully understand how much each of you are loved by God the Father. I pray that you will experience his peace and love and joy, that you will choose to embrace his gift this day and every day forward. My friends, one of the things I, I shared with people at the last uh, Masses and the other homily was that um, Christmas has this spirit about it that tends to bring people together. Whether they're Christian or not, they understand. And as I drove around Gig Harbor, I saw lights on all the houses and lights on all the trees. And uh, I don't know if they're Christian, they're not Christian. But the one thing they understood was that spirit of Christmas, and it had the ability to unite and to bring together families, friends, uh, even, even enemies. And uh, uh, to this I give God glory uh, and praise. My friends, um, all of us are to reflect that light that I've been speaking about about Jesus Christ. I think about all the sparkly, uh, when I see sparklies everywhere on trees and stuff, and it reflects the light. And uh, um, in the same way, we're supposed to do that. 
no, we're not Christmas bulbs, but uh, we are to reflect the very light of Jesus Christ for the world and for others so that they may have that hope and that love and that sense of community and faith with each other. And my, my friends, it is my tradition always because now you are the last one for this evening. We'll have Mass tomorrow at 10 a.m., but um, people tend to uh, be focused on the gifts, and that's fine because first gift giver was God himself. He gave the gift of love, his son. So at Christmas, we give away gifts. And, uh, but um, if you have not yet found that perfect gift for someone, um, and I hate to inform you that Amazon is closed now. So um, here's what you can give, the gift of forgiveness to someone who has caused you harm or hurt. The gift of charity and tolerance to the one person or many who push the wrong buttons on you and just make you kind of... The gift of your attention and presence to someone who is lonely and has felt alone. The gift of genuine warmth and love to family and friend alike. The gift of peace and hope to those you encounter this evening, tomorrow, and all of Christmastide. Remember, for us, Christmas is just beginning. Our Christmas season ends technically with the baptism of the Lord that we celebrate. Or for others, the epiphany. And my friends, finally, give the gift of respect to yourselves. You have been created in his image with great dignity and majesty. As you have been loved greatly by God, so love others. Share this gift of love. Now, my friends, if that's difficult for you, well, it is the tradition of many Catholic parishes to give a gift to the people, and usually it's a book. So this year, um, we've picked uh, just a wonderful disciple of Jesus Christ, Christophanic. He's a married dad and a husband and filled with the joy of Jesus Christ. And he's very practical. And what he does, you can find him on EWTN, but he does YouTube things, and um, he speaks about his relationship with Jesus Christ, exactly what the first apostles did. They spoke about their experience, and so he does. And one of the amazing things about his book is he talks about joy, and he says, it's a decision that you make, not based on what's going around you, but based on what's within you. And you can always choose to be filled with joy and hope no matter what's going on, even if there's tragedies and harm around you. And he goes on to explain how his relationship with Christ and the grace that comes from that has allowed him to remain filled with joy in all things. So we ask, take a book with you when you go, maybe one for another. Oh, we have one in Spanish, too. Who needs it in Spanish, huh? Just one, maybe, in Espanol. Um, so take one or two with you. Uh, if you have someone who's been distant, uh, if you have a neighbor who's an atheist, who wouldn't want to read a book about joy, right? What? Uh, right? <laughs> who wouldn't want to read a book about joy? Um, certainly. And my friends, um, our, um, before our school let out, um, they, they came to Mass, and um, they're so funny, but I've learned to be careful what I ask them because they have no filters, really. And, uh, um, and I said, uh, 
I told them, have a good vacation and so forth. And I said, oh, by the way, uh, whose birthday are we celebrating on the 25th? And they raised their hands. Jesus. And I said, okay, but how old is he? And you can see it's a trick question. Father's tricking us. Uh, how old was he? Oh, amen, brother. You got it right. Some of the kids said, 33? <laughs> and they're not wrong. Uh, uh, but I, I said, yes, uh, if you ever think of the year that we're in, that's the year of his birth, how old he would be. That's kind of old, isn't it? Yeah, right? But at least they got uh, the idea right, because uh, the last Mass, I asked some folks, whose birthday are we celebrating? And they hesitated. They had that look, um... Yours? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And we should never hesitate on a question like that. Whose birthday are we celebrating? Uh, Christ. And everything that it represents, the gift. And, uh, um, and so I asked our school students if they get birthday cakes for their birthdays. Do you get birthday, birthday cake for your birthday? Yeah. And you have to share it too? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. And do you get birthday cakes for Jesus? Do you get a birthday cake for Jesus? What do you mean, no? Do you get one for yourself? But not for Jesus? That seems not fair. Mom, what's going on? Oh, I like your sparkles. What's going on, Mom, with that? How many people got a cake for Jesus? It's his birthday. Did you get a cake for Jesus? Is anybody a treasure? Did you? Did you make jello or anything? Chocolate covered marshmallows? A ham. Fudge? Fudge works. Fudge. What? What? No? Did someone say no? I always forget the people back here. Did you guys get a cake for Jesus? No birthday cake for Jesus. No birthday cake for Jesus? No birthday cake for Jesus. Did you get a birthday cake last time? Did you get? He didn't get a birthday cake? Oh, pie. Pie works. Cherry? Apple? A pumpkin pie? Oh, are you born in November? No. <laughs> What's up with you guys? <laughs> you know. Did you get Jesus? You guys did, didn't you? Not really? <laughs> Not really? You didn't get a birthday cake for Jesus? A muffin? Yeah. Pies. Okay, pies work. Yeah, you, you can certainly correct Father when he says, you know, some people like pies instead. The last Mass, there seemed to be a lot of gluten-free people because nobody got any cake for anybody. Did you guys get a cake for Jesus? Did you get a cake for Jesus? Yes? Oh, amen, finally. Look at these guys. They're all hidden back here in the dark. Did you get a pie for Jesus? A cake? Cupcake. Pumpkin pie. A pumpkin pie? Do you know them? <laughs> did you guys get a cake for Jesus? You did? An apple pie? Was it for Jesus or was it for them? For both? What is, what is the secret? A lemon pie? Oh, that, that works. Meyer lemons? One candle. I know, my goodness, mercy. You guys are laughing back to it. Did you get, did they have a cake for Jesus? Oh, oh I'm going to go to that family's house. They got tiramisu for, 
for Jesus. But uh, so we should always remember, and this is one of the tools that the teachers told me about, Father, use these tools. These will help people. Oh, brother, how are you? Good to see you. Peace. To you. you guys get a cake for Jesus? No, no cake? Ponset? <laughs> now, wait a minute. <laughs> Ponset? Is that what you got for Jesus? Ponset? Okay, as long as you're celebrating his birthday, that would be the point. That would be the point of the cake, is getting the... But don't you think he should have one? He should. He should? We can't call Amazon, can we, to get one? No. Why don't you two come with me? Come on, come on with me. Let's... Come on, we're going to have a lesson. <laughs> So Jesus should have a birthday cake. Did you, do you get a birthday cake for your birthdays? No? This, is, this has been a great crowd. Panza, tiramisu. Did you wear that sweater for Jesus, though? I did. <laughs> I'm making a note that Jesus likes snowmen. <laughs> so do you get a birthday cake at your birthday? Did she give you one? Did, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Jesus should have one. And it just happens that we can help you with that. Do you think Jesus likes chocolate cake? I think so. Very good. Good answer. Do you know what that says? Happy birthday, Jesus. There you go. Make sure you celebrate his birthday. Okay? You're welcome. You're welcome. Peace to you. Absolutely, brother. Go ahead. guess Jesus likes chocolate cake. He also likes when we love each other and that we care about each other. Those are the greatest gifts. If you want to make God smile, do these things. And one time someone said, Father, what should I get someone who has everything? And I said, that's not the question. What does the person who has everything give as a gift? He gives everything. God gave everything. Amen. Amen. My brothers and sisters, I thank you for coming and offering your praise and glory to God and coming together as a community. Here at St. Nicholas, uh, we will continue to work and strive to, be, uh, to become that community of faith, to be families that are surrounded by Christ, and those families to, to form a community, and that community for, centers itself on Christ, and uh, we will continue to do that. So if you're looking for that, uh, for that family, for that community, this is the church and this is the parish for you. To my Roman Catholic brothers and sisters who are present, I urge you to return to the sacraments of the church for that benediction and that grace. I mean, come back to Mass. Come back. It's time to come back. Um, do not be afraid to be in these pews and worshiping any longer. Uh, to our brothers and sisters of other Christian denominations, I encourage you to return to your house of worship also, to give God glory and be with those communities. You're always welcome here. We love you. But I'm encouraging because we have a lot of visitors and some that may not be Roman Catholic, might not be Catholic, to, um, to attend their services and their churches and to support their ministers and pastors, uh, to walk into that house again. Do not stay away any longer. But certainly here, we are always welcome. My friends, I give uh, uh, thanks to our uh, musicians and our choir. They give God glory using their talents. We thank you for leading us. Absolutely. And, and to all the ministers, 
that assist at the altar, I thank you for, uh, for your dedication always. Uh, to the couple who has the cake, good luck getting 2021 candles on that cake. <laughs> uh, for sure. On behalf of uh, the parish staff and our, our parish uh, community and our school community, I want to wish you a very, very blessed Christmas and a new year filled with joy and peace and laughter. Remember, the Christmas season has just begun for us Christians. It does not end until the Epiphany for some and for others, the celebration of the baptism of the Lord. So we have plenty of time for celebrations. Um, we uh, invite you to come back. Be safe as you leave. Amen.